Welcome back, guys. Another podcast we're going to record for you here on the road. So if there's a little bit of background noise, that's the reason. Um, Ben and I are on our way back. We recorded one yesterday. We headed over to the farm, uh, set trail cameras up, got a bunch of Hodeg licking sticks out, got some new products from Hodeg that are going up that are going to be coming out this year. Um, We put some of those in the field. So we're coming off of uh, a couple days of yesterday was super hot, um, 100 plus heat index. Today it was raining the entire time, so we struggled a little bit with the weather. Um, but we brought, we had Bella with us, we had Cedar with us. Uh, we're, we were quite c- conscious of the heat yesterday. Um, it's something that like that'll creep up on a dog really quickly. So we we did take them with us to a couple spots that we knew we were going to be relatively short distance from where we stay on the farm to the food plots and in the fields that we were working in. Uh, went to places that had water. So as soon as we got there, we were able to cool them back down, give them drinks. So it's a real, I bring it up only because this time of year, we really run into it and we really see it. And there's a lot of risk with the heat. So if you follow us on Instagram, you saw there was a spot we took the dog swimming. Um, but we had a really nice time. Not very formal training. Uh, more real life application like we we needed to have dogs stay on place last night so that was that was place training uh we we kenneled the dogs yesterday actually both dogs kenneled in an outdoor kennel and they've never done that before so we had them both kenneled in an outdoor run um we've got a really nice setup at the farm for that so just it was it was not like a formal we didn't record training sessions because we really didn't we didn't do any formal training sessions. But again, what I'm trying to pound home with people is it's it comes back off of this question of what are you doing with the dog when you're not training? We're always training. So I'm never not training. It's just what am I doing? I'm doing different things at different times throughout the day. But we're always applying what we are working on or exercising what we've worked on and kind of developed as far as skills go. So as soon as you get it out of your mind especially this is for especially for people that have young dogs as soon as you get it out of your mind the idea that you need to set aside five minutes a day 10 minutes a day 15 minutes a day whatever whatever that is to train your dog and then you decide well I'm not training anymore so they can do whatever they want that's when they get into trouble that's when they create habits that are very undesirable so it's it's that mind that it's a shift in in mindset as to how we approach raising the dog as opposed to training the dog so that's a separate that's kind of a separate thing what i wanted we we recorded a podcast on the on the way to buffalo county yesterday um and i got it did you follow up with an email to that gal no i didn't we're gonna we're gonna be sending a couple emails um to follow up because if you listen to the last podcast it was about a lady that has some real big troubles brewing um, with her pup, and her pup was only like 12 weeks old. Yeah. So the pup is really young. Now, today I jumped to a pup that's four months old. Um, this is an email that I got. Uh, and and actually, the I just got it today, less than five hours ago. And it said it's a possible podcast topic. And so it comes from a couple that has a four-month-old female black lab named River says I've been watching you know so 
Ben and I were on the way back. We were listening to podcasts, actually. We were listening to some Dave Ramsey. We were listening to Project Upland. And I said, you know what? Instead of us listening to podcasts, maybe we should record one. Ben said, yep, let's do it. So we're getting this in. So I had just read this email um, title or, or the subject, and it says possible podcast. So here we go. Currently training a four-month-old black lab female named River. I've been watching your YouTube, Instagram, and the Puppy Foundation DVDs to assist her with her training. Thank you to you and your team for putting together the content. Overall, things are going well, but we have had roadblocks here and there and are trying our best to work through them. One item that I know you preach about is that this is not a sprint, that it's a marathon, and our dogs will eventually get there to the end goal. I don't think that you can stress that enough during training and the content that you put out. I recently spoke with my breeder to give them an update on River. She's housebroken, crate trained. We're working on place training. She will sit at mealtime before we send her and currently focusing on heel work as she's teething. When I talked to the breeder, the puppy they kept is making water retrieves. Another one is sitting to the whistle, well, etc. They commented that you need to start retrieving more, building that drive, etc. I did a handful of retrieves in the hallway prior to her teething, and she would bring it back. We moved outside, and and she would do fine, and then the next one she would run off, or run around me. I tried this twice with the same results and stopped retrieving until she's done teething and am comfortable with that. That being said, I think the more you talk about every dog being different and taking time to focus on their end results, the better it reinforces it to me and to others that are trying to do the right thing. Thanks for taking the time and for the great content. Now, so I want to, so not really a question, um, but I think it, it brings up some interesting points that this will be for people that sent me this question. I think it was, it said Jeff, it was Jeff and Tiffany. So here's the things that come to my mind a little bit. And everybody's got their own way of doing it. So I'm not saying that anyone else's way is wrong. I'm just simply saying what works good for me. And if it works good for me, maybe it'll work good for you. Maybe it won't. So I, I, I have seen it happen consistently enough over the years with lots of different dogs of lots of different styles and lots of different breeds. And usually the dogs are pretty much... Um, the most consistent part of the equation. It's the handlers that vary. And so I don't know how exactly to read into that one. The way part of how I'm reading it is, you know, the, the breeder has these dogs doing, I'm, I'm reading it as the, the breeder has these dogs doing maybe more. I don't know if that's how you intended it or not. I would agree to a point they're doing more things in one way they're doing not as much in the other way maybe so is it more or is it different probably more different than more like volume so I think I would say you know the, the idea of doing more retrieves so I don't do a lot of retrieves with young dogs I see no reason to um, this is just this is just my logic behind it is the dog is a retriever. If it's a retriever, it was hopefully bred to retrieve. If I'm a breeder, and, and, and in some sense, I guess I am a breeder in some senses that I have bred limited numbers of litters, 
more specifically for myself than anything else. And that's how we kind of continue to do this. So we've got a, we've got a litter bred, uh, hopefully right now. And we'll find out here in the next couple of weeks. We bred Ellie. So I, the last thing I'm concerned about with Ellie, and this is because I'm a breeder and I'm, try, I'm breeding for myself. So myself has myself as a very important um, thing in the back of my mind where I go, I want to breed a dog that makes my life easier when it comes to training. Now, when it comes to training a retriever, like I said, most retrievers retrieve. Um, they should. If they don't, they're not retrieve. Something, something is missing. Somewhere along the line, we've made some mistakes with the breeding if the retrievers don't retrieve anymore. If pointers don't point, there's an issue with the breeding. So, and, and in, in my opinion, that means you stop that genetic trait from going on. So I, I look at the retrieving part and I go, if you have to build the retrieve into your dog, my dogs have more desire to retrieve than anything naturally, very naturally, intentionally. And it's because the people I bought them from value those same traits. And so if you have a dog that you bought from a retriever kennel that says you have to build the, build the retrieve in the dog, I'm going, how come? Now maybe now there's a, now that's that's one of my thoughts on it. The other thought is is I think there's a style of training that says let's focus on what they do well because it makes us feel good, and that's not to me that beneficial in the long run. So, you know what Jeff and Tiffany have said is they've made a few retrieves in I think a real controlled area. I don't know if he said in the hallway or what. I like the hallway. Everybody knows I like the hallway because it minimizes opportunities for the dog to fail dog can go up straight out and straight back so if the dog does that a couple times a week for me you know two two three retrieves a week a session of two or three retrieves once a week twice a week at the most as long as the dog does that I go yeah he's got it there's really no reason for me to continue and and I have seen this uh, my dad is guilty of it if you're following along with our um any of our series, we've got the series on cedar, and so my dad really enjoyed my, my dad enjoys making retrieves with the dogs, and cedar wouldn't retrieve for my dad, so he was really having a hard time with that he couldn't get the dog to make a retrieve, she'd run out, pick it up and run away with it, she never wanted to bring it back um, so that was on land, well the other weekend, last weekend I was up there and I had, I brought cedar down to the water and I made some water retrieves, because I figured she has retriever in her I know she does. She comes from field trial lines, American field trial, golden retriever lines. She's got more energy than I, than I want at times. Um, she's likely got very strong retrieve in her, which she does. So we made some water retrieves with her and my dad watched and I let her retrieve about six or seven probably, but she had to watch probably 15, 20 other retrieves made by the other dogs. And so I know my dad really enjoyed it. He sat on the porch and he watched it. And then the next day, my dad came down to the water with his dog and he went right into the water with her because that's what I did. I went right into the water with her. And that way, when she came back, she's going to come back. Where else is she going to go? Swim into the middle of the lake? No, she's going to turn around and she swims right back. And before she gets up on land and can run off, I met her in the water and I praised her for it. And she got this understanding of just swim right back to him. So... My dad saw that the next day. He's got his swimsuit on. He's in the water. He's making retrieves with the dog. And I'm sitting there with 
our baby with our little girl and I'm watching and I'm really kind of enjoying that going man he, he, he watched he saw that he's having fun with it he went and did it and I didn't say anything but after about 15 20 25 retrieves I don't know maybe not 25 but 20 probably all of a sudden Cedar quit like Cedar was done and you know and I, I told my dad then I said you know that's good you know she's good put her up um she probably should have stopped around 10 because she wanted to do more when she was doing 10. By the time she hit 15, she was borderline quitting. And by the time she hit 20, she stopped. She wouldn't go out and get the last one. And so I told my dad, you know, put her away. I went and got, got the dummy with the other dogs. But so too much retrieving to me is, is counterproductive. So now I, one of the things that I think you said was the breeder had the dog making water retrieves. I think that's great. I wouldn't take that as like, uh, man, I'm way behind. He's making water retrieves. Water retrieves are easier than land, I think. So, you know, could, so don't, I don't want you to, I hope the message to me isn't, oh, I'm way behind the breeder. He's already making water retrieves. Now sit to the whistle at four months. If it's remote, that's, that's probably a little much for what I'm thinking to get out of a four-month-old dog. I, at four months old, and that's just me personally, I think it's a little too much. Uh, if, if you can do it, great. Let the dog dictate it. But that's a lot to put on a dog because what are you doing? Like, I love the idea of having him sit to the whistle on heel. I think that's great. By four months old, I think it's great to be bouncing around on a lead a little bit and having him start to understand what heel position actually is. Um, you know, sit to the whistle remote, that's awesome. If you can do it, great. If, if you can't do it and the, and the neighbor does, I'm not going to feel bad about it. And so that kind of brings me to this other idea of, and it depends, I don't know exactly how to read this message, um, but if it, if it is a matter of these other people are doing more and telling me I should be doing more, I deal with a lot of people. I've got, I could name six of them right now that message me regularly with dog questions and I've developed relationships with some of them just through communicating on their dogs that worry more about what the other people say and do than they do themselves. And so I think that is one of the biggest crippling factors to someone who's a do-it-yourself trainer. That's making comparisons and listening to the guy at the gun club tell you what what you should be doing, what they are doing, making comparisons to what their dog is doing at the same age as yours or possibly younger. So I look at it now, he was talking about litter mates and I'll bring up a point about litter mates. I, I, you know, I trained, I've trained litter mates lots of times over the years. Um, I don't like doing it. It's, it's a little bit, it's, it's tough for me. It's tough to do so I'm not a big fan of training litter mates. Um, I like to space them out a little bit age-wise. But dogs are the exact same genetics. I did one. Well, I did Cody was Tito's sister. And there was another one out of that. That's Well, I didn't train it, but it was Megan's dog, Lark. So I know three dogs out of a litter recently in the last few years uh, that I trained. And I specifically – or two that I trained and one that a friend of mine trained – and all three of them are dramatically different. And 
all three of them had some strengths and all three of them had some weaknesses. The two that I trained had very, very different personalities. Uh, one of them was real, real strong. Tito, you could put a lot of pressure on, um, and he didn't, it didn't affect him real negatively. And then all of a sudden you do one thing and it just hurt his feelings and he quit. So he was, he was a little more, he took more pressure to a point and then once he, once it was too much, it was real hard to overcome him mentally. He mentally would kind of shut down on him. Not so much physically, but mentally. Cody, on the other hand, Cody was, he couldn't look at Cody the wrong way. She was really, really soft. Now, which one's better? I don't know which one's better. I don't know if there's a better or a worse. I think they're just different. So it depends on, I guess it depends on the trainer. I personally prefer the softer dog. There are a lot of people out there that would say that dog's way too soft. I, it's no good. That, that dog's no good because it's too soft. I like them that way. Some people like these dogs that are like cedar really high energy go 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 I look at that and go that dog's not my style I wouldn't prefer it not to say that I can't train it but I just wouldn't prefer it and when it comes to training I look at it and I go why are we making it harder on ourselves let's make it as easy as possible that's part of the reason I'm able to do what I'm able to do with some of the dogs I have it's because they fit they fit my style they fit our lifestyle they hunt style our training style all those things mix, match up and line up together and things go a lot smoother. But I don't think comparing to, to other dogs or other trainers or other people's progress is a wise thing to do. And so one of the things that Jeff mentioned in this message was the idea of, and he's heard me say it and he, he thinks it that it can't be overstated, is that training the dog, raising the dog is not a sprint. Instead, it's a marathon. If you decide to come, I see it way too often where the energy and the excitement of getting the new puppy creates so much issues because you want to do it all in the first four months. You want to do, you want to do 14 months of training in four months. And the dog is super smart. I've heard this always. My dog is so smart. My dog accelerates a lot quicker. That's great, but it's going to bite you. It will, trust me. It's going to, because A, you're going to go too fast. The, the biggest, one of the biggest mistakes you can make is by going too fast. And so if you're excited about it and things are going along really well, I warn everybody, well, that's good. Ride the wave because it's going to come crashing down. And if you're not ready for that, to just say, well, let's just take our foot off the gas for a little while and let the dog grow up a bit. It's caught up, you know, whatever the pace we've gone, it's caught up on to the dog. And the dog now is feeling a little bit overwhelmed. How come? Because we probably put too much on it in the big picture. And so when that happens, if your response and reaction is frustration, you know, maybe a little angry about that, maybe a little bit, we'll push through it, we'll keep going. It's just going to compound the issues. If you go, you know what, we got we got what we could get out, and now we just take now we just wait until we're ready to take the next step. If you're okay with that, great. If you're not okay with it, you're going to have problems. So, I do think you know it's the idea of a sprint versus a marathon. I'm not a runner, but I've ran before, and I've re- and I realize 
if you're if you have a long ways to go and you start out at a pace that is matching a short distance run a sprint if you try to sprint a marathon distance you're going to really find yourself in a really tough position to get through 90% of the race because the first you just you you blew it all on the first 10% of the race and then it's burned then you're burnt out then it's really hard to keep going almost impossible at times so those who are excited and I, I get this all the time when the people get the new puppy and I get a message from them every week or three times a week or five times a week from some the first couple weeks that they have the puppies and they're just amazed at how smart they are and how quickly they're catching on and all that. and then all of a sudden it just goes cold and I don't hear anything anymore and then usually a couple months will pass by and then I'll get a message and there's an, almost a desperation in the message there's, des- there's, there's, there's this point of like really frustrated and, and borderline giving up. Or you don't hear anything anymore. And if you don't hear anything more anymore, it's not because things are going good. When things are going good, I got weak. I got daily messages. When things aren't going good, you don't hear from them anymore. And I just, I think, I see it. We see it with people that we work th- that we connect through. Our, our social platforms. We see it at workshops. People come. People leave a workshop really motivated. And thankfully, I mean that's our job. That's what we're there to do. That's we're hopefully giving you a plan, and giving you the excitement and the inspiration to go home and execute on it. The hard part is, is then we're gone, and then things maybe don't go. Maybe they, maybe things don't go as smoothly. And then what? So a lot of times. People leave workshops very highly motivated, but about 10 months later, eight months later, when we announce dates for the workshops, we get some hesitation for people to sign up. A lot of people will send me messages. I I gotta be honest, we haven't gotten much further than what we were when we left the workshop. I'm not sure if I should go to the Next Steps workshop. I get that message all the time. And I always tell people, well, the Next Steps workshop doesn't mean advanced. It just means next steps. But people bog down because then then life catches up with them and we realize that you know it takes a lot of work it doesn't take a lot of work all day every day it takes a little bit of work every day and then it adds up and when that adds up it becomes real powerful so that's the the idea of I'm, I'm, I'm building off of Jeff's recommendation to say continue to emphasize that this is not a sprint. It's a marathon. I, you know, one guy that I think has adapted to it, Ben, is Mike Knapp. Knappers has been, he's realized it's not going to happen overnight. Mike Knapp's been to multiple workshops. And his dog has made a great strides. We talked about it after this last workshop. His dog is so much further along this year than it was last year. And Mike has had some struggles throughout the process that he's reached out to me on but he hasn't quit even though he's had struggles he's kept pecking away at it and little by little by little things have gotten real he's got some things that are really good so if you expect it all to happen in the first six months you'll be sadly disappointed and you'll struggle with the dog for the next 15 years hopefully the dog lives that long but you're going to have a hard time for 14 of those years because the first year you didn't 
you, you gave up on it before you should have. You should have just taken it slower and paced yourself. And by the end of year two or three, you're where you want to be in the end. And then you got 10 plus years really enjoying that dog. But if you if you expect it all to happen, you can't fit. You can't fit two years of training into six months. Sorry, you can't. Although, if you send your dog off, you, you'll read the list of things that your dog is going to do. You, I can't tell you how many people. I've gotten more messages in the last couple months from people that have sent their dogs to trainers and are having major issues. Like, they sent them away for training. And they're having all, a lot of problems. And it always comes back to, and I, I'm not knocking training facilities, because I get it, it's a business. And they have to compete with lots of other training businesses that are going to, people are going to pick which one based on what they can get done in a certain amount of time, because that's how you pay them. And the reality is, I, I don't know how they can do it. I, I, I couldn't, I won't. But what I think people that listen to this podcast people that watch our stuff I don't know that they're necessarily the majority of them are probably not those sending their dogs off they're looking to train their own and so I I, I pose it to you and say what's your rush you're not paying yourself it's not costing you any more money it's costing you the opportunity to have a dog that you're truly going to enjoy in my opinion so slow down and actually enjoy it. Like, that's the other part of it. You know, I make the analogy to golfing. I think some people are wired in a way that they would play golf and enjoy it if it was how fast can you get done. That, that would help your score. If you got it done quicker with it, you get more, you, you know, you can take strokes off. I look at it and I, the complete opposite. Now, when I was younger, I used to play that way. Because I would schedule it really tight and go, oh, I got this to do this afternoon. Let's squeeze a game of golfing. I don't ever squeeze a game of golfing. If I'm going golfing, I don't want anything on the back end of it. Because I go, I'd like to play as long as I can. I don't mind. I used to I used to play so fast, people always let me play through. People, And I, I wore it like a badge of honor. I thought it was so great. Oh, I'm so fast. I'm such a fast. I didn't get any extra points for that. I got done quicker. And I had to go back to doing whatever it was I was doing before that. If that's the reason, you know, I golf to relax and enjoy it. So now I look at it and I go, man, if someone's coming up behind me, I'm just going to let them go through. They have places they need to be that I don't, <laughs> I'm here to golf. If I'm training a dog and raising a dog, I get more enjoyment out of the idea of the first couple of years developing it into being a pretty good dog as opposed to just hurrying up and taking it out in the field and struggling. I see that so often. So, that's, that's, how many minutes is that? 29. Went a little bit long. But that's going to be a podcast. We're going to knock, we, we've got another one done here in the truck. But it was inspired by a, an email that came. Uh, I thought, you know what, let's knock it out. Let's give them another podcast here on the way home. We're, get, we're coming back, uh, today's Thursday. So we're going to be, Ben and I will be filming some more. We've got a cedar to, we've got a cedar video to play. Yeah. Uh, with cedar making some retrieves on dry land. Oh my gosh. Big, I mean, 
here's here's the thing. Little little things to celebrate. Cedar made retrieves on dry land. I don't know, three of them? Nice ones, too. And that came after, and I explained it in the Cedar series. So watch the Cedar series on Instagram. But I explained the idea of, you know, a week ago, she wouldn't make a retrieve. And I had to trick her into doing it. And after I tricked her into doing it, eh, I used a little bit of some some influence from Taylor. And I, you know, it was rather unorthodox. But we got her to make some retrieves. And it was awesome. And I just was so happy. It was a real celebration for me. And then we took her up north and we piggybacked on it. We built off of it. We did some swimming, made some retrieves and swimming. And she started to form the idea of, wow, this is, I'm starting to get it. The light bulb's turning on. The inherent parts of her, the retriever, was coming out. And then we came back and we tried showing it. And I actually wanted her to make more mistakes when we were filming it because the first time I didn't have a camera. So I wanted her to make more mistakes. By God, she did really good. So I enjoy these little, these little tiny steps. I enjoy them a lot. And when you add up all these little steps of enjoyment, the big picture is really an enjoyment. If you don't celebrate and enjoy those little steps and you overlook them and you don't even pay attention to them, and your vision is just bigger, 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 faster, 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 you are gonna be disappointed not going to have fun and you run a really high risk of burning yourself out and giving up and that's what I see happen a lot so take your time enjoy it uh, celebrate little victories and keep listening to podcasts thanks for your support we appreciate it if you are a subscriber if you'd leave us a if you aren't a subscriber I'd love it if you became one if you are please leave us a, a what do you call it rating. a rating on any of the apps that you're listening to. And uh, also, if you follow us on our social platforms, uh, YouTube, Ben's doing a great job with YouTube. We're posting YouTube videos, new YouTube training videos daily uh, amongst a variety of different series that we have going on. I'm behind on posting them. I'm trying to post promos to them on Instagram, Facebook, but uh, if you're missing, if you're not on our a YouTube subscriber, you're missing out on a lot of content. So I would recommend it. Um, But otherwise, thank you guys as always for your support. We appreciate it. And we will continue to do these for that reason.